Welcome to the Medical Mnemonist Podcast, brought to you by Med School Coach. Each episode, take a journey into the top techniques for medical mnemonics, study skills, board exam tips, and accelerated learning in higher education. Now, here's your host, Chase DeMarco. Welcome back to the third episode of the MedEdge Method mini-series, and today we're going to cover preparation and studying, the actual techniques and tactics that you can use to be the most effective and efficient studier and student possible. In the first episode, we covered different techniques and suggestions for really picking the highest yield study resources. There are so many forums out there and so much misinformation, and we give you a few homework assignments to go into that a little deeper and really discover what your goals are and how you're going to achieve them. And that's not necessarily going to be based off of the recommendations of others. In the second episode, we covered actual study skills, many that we've covered before in this show many times or in our book, Read This Before Medical School, and also how to use play to increase learning. But today we're going to cover a lot of different tools that you can use during your actual study sessions. And this is kind of revisiting some topics we've covered in the past, but also some updates on different ways to think about them, different ways to implement them. And again, we'll have some homework assignments for you at the end so that you can actually practice these and make sure that you don't just passively listen to this podcast and don't necessarily get the most out of it, but are active in your own learning. So in the past two episodes, we've kind of gone over this framework, three-part framework for how to approach these different tools and techniques, and that's to really look inside and figure out what your actual desires are. What is it you're going for? Why do you want to do that too? The more clear you are about these ultimate desires and your future work-life balance, the better it's going to be. And then setting goals for attaining these, and then actually writing out a plan of how to achieve those goals. So here are some tools that you can utilize to help with that, especially when it comes to planning the actual studying tactics that you're going to implement during your sessions. And the first one to really focus on, which is often overlooked, is just ergonomic design. How is your environment set up? How is your desk, your chair, your computer, your keyboard, whatever you're utilizing, how is it set up? Is it comfortable? Is it something that is going to allow you to sit for long periods of time without getting muscle strain and aches and just being uncomfortable, not only is that bad for your body in general, but it's going to decrease the amount of time that you can actually spend studying because you'll be too distracted by that pain, that ache, that awkward position. So we cover a lot more of this in the book, read this before medical school. I know I keep saying that, but it's just a lot of information in there with several hundred citations. So you can download the PDF off of Amazon or your bookstore of choice or relatively cheap and see all those citations and get a deeper understanding of them. But do be comfortable. And just because something is labeled ergonomic on a website or in a store does not necessarily mean that it's following ergonomic principles. So just be aware of that. And of course, when we're talking about environmental design for studying, we do want to limit distractions as much as possible. This is something that can be done in multiple ways, depending on the technology around you and what you're using for studying. Of course, it's easy to turn off our phone or turn the notifications on our computer off or something along those lines. 
putting on headphones as well, blocking out noise, blocking out visual distractions as well. If you're looking outside your window into a busy intersection, that could be quite distracting. So limiting the other sensational experiences, the other senses, will help you focus more on one particular thing at a time. But we can also go the opposite of this. So in general, you're going to want to make things comfortable for the day-to-day when you're studying every day for class or something along those lines. But it might actually be good once in a while to do the opposite, to get out of your comfort zone, to make things more complicated, more distractions, add that social stress, that environmental stress. Because if you study in a more stressful environment just once in a while, not as a consistent thing, then during a stressful event such as a large test, you will have maybe some more coping mechanisms for that and the process will be a little smoother. So where that balance is between extremely focused studying and distracted, difficult studying is really going to be up to you. And besides the environment, we do want to focus on our brains a little bit. And I don't mean the physical brain, but more the mind and where it's at. Is it distracted? Is it comfortable? Is it confident? Is it anxiety ridden? So knowing your mindset, and this goes into stress mindset, the growth mindset, many different types of mindsets, but basically you want to make sure that you are in a healthy mindset in the aspect that you're not under too much stress, you are aware that you're going to make mistakes, and you're accepting that that's going to happen and that you can improve on that. That's part of the growth mindset that we've covered in the past too. You can definitely take some deep breaths when you feel anxious before studying maybe or meditate. You can do a power pose. And this is from the book Presence from Dr. Amy Cuddy. Sitting down a particular way, sitting down slunched over with your arms in your lap is going to feel different and give you a different sort of energy, if you will, than sitting up straight with your chest out and That confidence in the pose actually translates to other aspects of your physiology. It's that whole mind-body connection that we want to maybe tap into a little bit here. You can also condition some of your responses when you know stressful environments are coming up. And we covered this in maybe episode five, I want to say, and six with Howard Berg, who is the world record champion for speed reading. And he would use this technique before certain events. And he said he trained it to Green Berets and other students that have gone through his courses. And just conditioning yourself, whether that be pushing on your finger or touching your knee and doing that consistently, consistently, consistently before a certain event, you can develop that condition response. It's Pavlov's dogs, but you're doing it to yourself instead of him to a dog ringing a bell. The other part of your mind aspect that we want to focus on here is when are you paying attention and when are you losing focus? And how do you know that? Are you immediately aware of these changes in your focus and attention? And if you're not, how can you maybe change that a little bit? These can help you determine if you need to take a break or if you should schedule more breaks or if you should try to push through it. And we usually cover the aspect of scheduling more breaks because We're busy students and professionals, and we often don't schedule very many breaks in our day-to-day lives. So breaks are very good, but there can be the opposite side of that too, where we're just getting too lazy. We're not forcing ourselves to focus as long or as many times as we should, and that's kind of where the 
definition of willpower comes from. It's really doing something when you don't want to do it. And as you keep doing things in times that you don't want to do them, you start to build that willpower, build that resilience, if you will. It goes by a lot of different terms, but again, where you are on this balance versus needing more breaks to prevent stress and burnout or developing more willpower so that you can push through to the next section is going to be up to you. So be aware of where your mind is and how to change it when those occurrences happen. And also don't worry so much about noticing your progress on a day-to-day basis. We often fail to self-assess very properly. And it can give us the false belief that we're not really making progress when we are. Small progresses, small achievements add up very quickly. So we might not notice on a day-to-day basis that we're learning this, that we're doing this better, whatever it is, if it's educational and informative or if it's a skill set. But these small improvements over time, we will notice after a month or maybe two weeks, maybe a week, maybe even a few days. So don't give up and do self-assess. But maybe not too frequently. And that's something I probably have to clarify and haven't in the past as well as I should. Okay, now on to a few more tools. So we've kind of covered the environment and the mental state a little bit of studying and how to do so more effectively, but we haven't really covered some actual objective tools that you can implement. So you might want to write these down in your journal as we go over them or Make a mental note to do so when you're able to. And the first one is usually one a lot of students are aware of, and that's the Pomodoro technique. And we use a modified Pomodoro, and that's because the traditional one is for 20 minutes per study session and then a five-minute break. And that's just too quick of an amount of time for most students. So there are infinite ways to do this. I've heard 55, 10, 55, 50, 20, 50. And this just means that you're studying for, let's say, 50 minutes, you take a 20-minute break, and then you go back and study for another 15 minutes. At the end of the two hours, though, no matter how you break up your study sessions and your mid-study break, you are going to want to take an extended break at that point, generally speaking. Two hours of really focused, hard studying is going to be mentally draining. And if you just keep going, It's like running a marathon when you haven't gotten off the couch for a week. So (laughs) you can definitely add to this later on as you develop more endurance and develop more willpower, but don't start off killing yourself or the end segments of your studying aren't going to be effective anyway. So you are probably wasting a lot of time and you might as well have just taken a break, come back refreshed, and then be more effective when you're sitting down there. The Covey management grid is one I've brought up multiple times in the past because I really like the simplicity of this. And there are alternatives too. You can go back to the seven habits of highly effective students episode we did a few months ago for more details on this. But simply put, it's a four square quadrant and you have immediate and not immediate on one quadrant or one side, let's say the rows, and then the columns can be important and not important. And then you put your daily tasks, weekly tasks, whatever it might be, into these quadrants. So you know what to focus on and which ones to really ignore, completely get rid of. The ones that are not important and not immediate, you can get rid of. The ones that are are important and immediate, you probably should have done sooner. So you probably procrastinated these a little bit. 
And there are different ways to split this up. There's the ABCDE method, which we also covered in that episode. So go check that for more details. We're just listing out some of the tools you can use here with a brief synopsis, but definitely have more resources out there to get a good sense of how to implement these in different ways. We also have the PDSA or Plan, Do, Study, Act, and this is commonly used in business, as is the ABCs method, which we'll cover in a second. But as it describes, Plan, Do, Study, Act, you need to make a plan, you need to do it, you need to study or see what needs to be changed, and then you need to act on that or assess it. It's kind of a circular thing. It's not necessarily always in the same order, but it's this cycle of constant improvement. You do something, you assess it, you improve on it, you do it that way, assess it, improve it, and continuously do so. There is no such thing as perfection, so all we can do is keep making small improvements. The ABCs that I just mentioned earlier is for activity-based costing when discussing business sense, but we can implement this in our medical studies too. Activity-based costing. So what activity is giving us the most reward? What is the ROI, so to speak, of our studying? Are we spending a lot of time on this task and not getting much from it? And a little bit of time over there and getting a lot more from it? Or is this task really easy and we like doing it, but that hard task is going to be much more effective in the long run? So assess the tasks that you're doing right now, whether that be listening to podcasts, watching videos, taking practice quizzes, writing notes, highlighting notes, reading textbooks, How much time are you spending on each of these? And how effective is it for learning? You know, a lot of these are pretty passive. They're great for an initial review of materials, but they're not going to help your long-term retention. So do implement more of the active learning styles that we discuss more often than I care to admit. (laughs) There's really just one more that I want to cover again here, which is the Wish Obstacle Outcome Plan mnemonic or acronym. And this goes by several other different names as well. But basically, this is another way of thinking about goals or your SMART goals, for instance, which we've covered many times too. So I don't want to go into great detail about those, but it's what is your wish? What are the outcomes that you want to see from that wish? What are the obstacles that can prevent that outcome from occurring? And then what are your plans now that when that obstacle arises, as some of them inevitably will, that you can counteract it to still reach your outcome desire? So using this framework can be implemented in infinite different ways. It's just a great little initialization that helps us remember to implement these things beforehand. Don't wait until an accident happens. Don't wait until obstacles arise. Planning ahead, thinking ahead can prevent a lot of stress and wasted time and delays in your studying or activities that you're trying to learn. So these tools are some of my favorites from both education and business realms that we can implement in our day-to-day lives, or at least weekly. So do practice these. I hope you've written them down. If not, when you get home, go to your journal, write these down. That's going to be your assignment for this episode. Journal the different tools how they work, and try to implement one of them today, and try to implement another one tomorrow, a different one. And you can cycle through these one at a time or two a day, reassess after a week, and make adjustments. So we're kind of implementing the plan, do, study, act here, 
by using these other tools in our daily and weekly activities. See which ones work for you, which ones need to be adjusted, and again, continue this ongoing process of slight improvement for long-term gains. So key takeaways, find the tools that you find to be very efficient and effective. It's an ongoing process, but if you practice them, if you monitor your practices too, so that you aren't just being subjective about the assessment of using these tools, it's going to go so much further to get you on the way to your objectives, to your goals. Focus on the environment, focus on your goals, on your mindset, and assess frequently, or at least weekly, for updates and changes. This is the only way that we can self-assess and make the improvements we need to reach our end goals. That's all I have for you today, and thank you again for listening to this. I hope you've been enjoying these mini-series. Please do reach out with any questions you have. Join us on Facebook. And if you haven't listened yet, go check out my other podcast, Rounds to Residency. We cover a lot of information there, interviewing physicians in every different specialty so you know what you're getting into before you make a plan and then realize maybe you don't like that plan so much or that specialty. So that's all I got for you this week. I'll see you again next week. The Medical Mnemonist Podcast is powered by Med School Coach. To access Med School Coach services, including USMLE tutoring and residency admissions advising, visit our website at medschoolcoach.com. Good luck as you prepare for your board exams, and we hope you tune in again next time.